You're listening to The Journey Podcast. The Journey is a college and young adult ministry of South Crest Baptist Church. We hope this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. Awesome, man. Good to see you guys. So glad you are here to worship. If I haven't met you, my name is Brandon. I'm the next-gen pastor here at South Crest, which is just the weird word that means I lead the college, like the young married group. And uh, man, I'm so glad you're here. So I said, my name is Brandon. My wife's name is Lauren. And something you, you need to know about us that you probably may already know if you've hung out with us much is I am a verbal processor. So it means if we're in a conversation, I'm going to talk a lot, probably. And if I'm like, trying to think about something or like uh, just processing how I feel about something, I'm going to talk a lot. Where Lauren is an internal processor. So she's, I, like on the, I've mentioned this before, on the Enneagram, I'm a three, on the disc, I'm a, like a high, very high I. So I'm kind of impulsive, maybe really impulsive. I get excited easy. Where Lauren is a little more like just steady, which is why we're good for each other. Because I help her enjoy life sometimes when she needs to have more fun and she helps me not be an idiot. Um, but sometimes when we're having conversations, like I remember, I can't remember what it was about, but about a month and a half ago, um, I came home and I was pumped about something that was going on at the church. And so I come in and I'm talking real excited and real fast and like just kind of slur my words because I do that when I get real excited. And as I'm talking, she's just kind of shaking her head like this and not saying anything. And finally I stopped and I was like, do you even care what I'm talking about? And I wasn't mad. But I was just like, please show some excitement. And she was like, oh, uh, yo, I do. I'm just processing every processing everything. And I was like, well, like, tell your brain to tell your face that you're excited, like, because I'm excited. And uh, we, should, we weren't mad at each other. It was just learning. And I was having to realize she, she's just processing. She's excited, but she's thinking about it before she expresses. Or sometimes um, if I, I'm excited about something, I, I'm talking, and she'll be, like, doing whatever. She's a better multitasker than I am. And she's, like, got her head down doing something. And so I'll be explaining my day. It's like, yeah, so I had lunch with Dane. And then I went and did some studying. And if I don't think she's listening, I'll be like, so then I, I did some more studying, and then uh, Coach Wells asked me to play quarterback on Saturday, and she's like, Brandon, I'm listening to you. <laughs> um, but I'm like, I'm just checking. But it, again, that's not because she doesn't love me. She, just, she processes differently, right? I think sometimes we, we feel like that's what God is doing. Like we're talking to him, we're asking him about something, and we're like, we want to stop the conversation. We're like, hello, are you there? Right? Anybody ever felt that way? I know I do pretty often. Like, uh, maybe it's not <clears throat> always in the moment, but just over time, I'm thinking about something, I'm praying about something, and it's like, are you listening? Why are you being so quiet, God? Isn't it, like, if I said interesting, that's probably not the right word. Isn't it frustrating how sometimes in your walk with Christ, he can feel so close, you feel so connected, you feel like you're hearing him, and it's just awesome. And then other times, it's like you're just talking into the void. If, like, maybe you, I'm assuming you've probably felt that, maybe not felt the freedom to say that, but like, I think we've all felt that. Of, am I just talking to a wall? Even to the extent of like, God, God are you real? Like, are you, we, we're supposed to have this conversation here, this relationship, and I, I'm not hearing you. Often, I want to ask, why? Are you so silent? Not to you, but to God. <laughs> or like throw, like I do with my wife, like throw a little like uh, <laughs> trick thing in my prayer to see if God's actually listening, right? 
Is God silent? <laughs> no. Not to like Jesus juke you. Oh, but like, for, we'll come back to this later, but it's not silent. Like, it's a lot. He talks a lot, right? <laughs> There's a lot here. But more than that, I'm, again, I'm going to come back to this. But just because it doesn't, kind of like with my wife, just because she's not saying something in the moment doesn't mean we're not having a conversation, right? Here's what I want, I want to say tonight. And I kind of looking at the question, like in this whole Why God series, like, why are you so silent? I want to say God is not silent. He's not. <laughs> I don't want to give away all the, all the points yet, but he's not silent. So what, what we want to do tonight is look at what should you do when it feels like God is silent? Because I'll 100% put on the table, there are definitely times where it feels like God is silent. Keyword, feels like God is silent. So what should you do as a Christian? <laughs> what should we do when it feels like God is silent? And, and I, as I was looking through all my notes for this, I feel like I mean, it is a sermon, but I feel like, if I'm honest, it may be more so, because we're not going with like one particular text, I feel like this is maybe more so um, like biblical principles for, like, don't, don't have to write this, like biblical principles for practical help for dealing with this. Does that make sense? So I want to kind of put it on the table. This is not like, oh, we're going to go through this passage, but looking at biblical scriptural principles to help us with what should we do when it feels like God is silent. And that this is, uh, it feels like a little more serious message because when, when it feels like God is silent, it sucks. <laughs> so here's, here's the first thing I think you should do, not to get into Jesus juke you, but the first one is you should confess sin. <laughs> confess sin. Now let me be clear. I'm not saying that anytime you feel like God is silent, well, you just must be living in sin. I'm not saying that, okay? But let's be real. If you're knowingly and even intentionally sinning, doing things that don't please God, doesn't it make sense that it would feel like he's a little distant in your life, right? Think about it with any of your friends. If you knowingly and consciously and like repeatedly do things that hurt them, it would make sense that after a while you're like, you know, they seem a little distant <laughs> because you're, you're hurting their relationship. Confess sin. Uh, if you want to turn there, um, we're going to, like I said, kind of be all over the place. In 1 Peter, you don't have to, but I'll read it to you. 1 Peter chapter 3, um, in verses really 10 through 12, he's quoting a psalm. And I almost used the psalm, but I was afraid if I used the psalm that you might understandably be tempted to say, well, like that's Old Testament. Maybe, just maybe, uh, maybe like Jesus changes the way this works. Um, so I think by bringing it to this side of the cross, I think, you can't bring up that argument. And I, don't, I still don't think it would be a good argument. But if you did go there, this prevents you from doing that. So 1 Peter chapter 3, verse um, 10. He says, Whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. Here's the key verse I want you to see. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears 
are open to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. I'm gonna unpack that a little more like in a gospel context here in a second. But there's a, a fact there that when I'm knowingly choosing evil and choosing to rebel against God, it's like God just kind of closes. I'm still his child. He still loves me. But I can't come to him and act like everything's cool when it's not. Does that make sense? And I've got sin in my life. He's not going to hear those prayers. Um, in a fee, you don't have to turn there. I'm not going to turn there. In Ephesians 4.30, I'm going to actually cover this on Sunday morning. But he's listing all these things about how we should live our lives, the way we should walk as Christians, things to do and things not to do. And he says, like kind of as a summary of a lot of them, he says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. When you cause someone to grieve, like you're, you're hurting them, right? You, you're causing suffering in their life. And I, I, I just keep coming back to this because I feel like it is a simple, easy to understand illustration. Like if I could do plenty of things in my relationship with my wife that would hurt her and grieve her, right? Where I would still be married to her, she would still love me, but the things I would do would hurt her and cause her to even want to distance herself from me if I kept doing them over and over again. Does it make sense? We shouldn't be surprised that it feels like God is silent and distant if we're choosing to live in sin. You with me? One more thing, uh, in Psalm 51, remember that's the psalm that, uh, like as David's response is re of re repentance after he had committed adultery with Bathsheba and the longest of things that followed that in his sin. That was his repentance. And in part of the prayer, he says, um, let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have crushed rejoice. And that's kind of, that comes after he's repented of his sins. There's this, this progression in Psalm 51 of him repenting and saying, God, I, I want to get right with you. Let me hear your voice. He eventually says, do not cast your Holy Spirit from me. This is not about losing your salvation. Can't lose your salvation. Be saying, God, I want to be near and in your presence. Don't cast your Holy Spirit from me, please. I want to be near you. Confessing sin and hearing God's voice go hand in hand. Just like in your personal relationships with the people like that you do life with every day. I love what Zach talked about last week. Such a good message. And I love um, how he, he pointed out that God does take our sins seriously. It's a big deal to him. It is ugly to him. But because of Jesus, we get to enjoy a relationship with him, right? <laughs> Which is really cool. I love what he said at the end that God sees that our sin is a big deal, but he makes a bigger deal. I'm like misquoting it. But he makes a bigger deal out of what Jesus did. That's really good truth. <laughs> so kind of sitting on that for a second, because of Jesus, because of the cross, we can go to our heavenly father when we sin. <laughs> so to kind of keep it in a metaphor there, and even to relate to what he talked about last week, when we sin, we shouldn't do what we normally do. Oh, gosh, like I don't want to talk to God. I'm nervous about it. No, we should know that he is upset about our sin, but because of Jesus, we can come to him and repent, and he's going to welcome us with open arms for that relationship communication to flow. So I don't have to hide when I sin. I don't have to run in shame. I should go to him and confess, and it opens up that communication. What should you do when you feel like God is silent? You should confess sin. Think That's kind of a theme all throughout the Psalms, too, is is. God, I've repented. I want to be right with you. Now let me hear your voice. Let me see your face. 
confess your sin. Now, a lot of you are sitting here tonight and you're like, hey, bro, I feel like I'm doing that or have done that, and it still feels like God is silent. I would say, I totally get you, <laughs> and that is completely fair. So I think maybe these next three will help a little bit. The second one should be music to all of your ears. <laughs> Here's the second one. Create space for rest. <laughs> Here's the reality. When we're worn down and completely exhausted, <clears throat> completely exhausted, just messing my bro over there, sorry. Completely exhausted mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. When you're exhausted, it makes sense that it's going to be difficult to hear from your creator, right? Not because he can't speak well, but because you're all like, in a tizzy, right? I, I know I talk about my kids a lot, but they're just in this like really fun age to talk about. And they're cute and they make great illustrations. But, um, I never want to embarrass them. They're too young for that, so it's okay. Um, but like today, they all, I think uh, our, our boy only slept 45 minutes, which that sounds like a great nap for us. But normally, actually, just to stop for a second, let's get jealous. They normally sleep about 11 hours a night, right? And then they take in the morning, if it all goes well, they take an hour and a half morning, sorry, yeah, an hour and a half morning nap and a two-hour nap in the afternoon. Who wants to have their life, right? <laughs> Sounds so amazing. Anyways, so that's normally their schedule. Today, Haddon did not get his hour and a half morning nap and his two-hour afternoon nap. So I feel like when I went home to eat dinner with him tonight before I came back up here, like, I can't quite communicate with him because he's just kind of like twitching and stuff, right? Like, like he just, he's kind of like, he's, he's struggling. Um, because you need, like literally you need rest to function properly. Where's that out in the Bible? There's this word called Sabbath <laughs> that you need to rest and to take a break. And I love this. Jesus said that uh, man wasn't made for the Sabbath, like we, we worship Sabbath. No, Sabbath was a gift given to men and women to help us out because we need to rest. You need a break every now and then. Are you with me? Yes, hallelujah. <laughs> Even, yeah, I, I read one article that was a really cool way I said it, that sleeping is very Christian. <laughs> for, for a couple of, I, I almost had a clap right there. Hallelujah. <laughs> couple of reasons why. One, in the Psalms, over and over again, there's this theme of, excuse me, where's my water? Of the psalmist saying, Lord, I'm going to rest and sleep. And on the wake up, when I wake up in the morning, I feel like P. Diddy. Sorry, whatever that song is. No, I'm, no, I'm going to rest and sleep. And I'm going to wake up in the morning knowing that you've like, taken care of my enemies. I'm going to rest knowing that you're still God. Or think about Mark chapter 4. Jesus was sleeping on the boat during the storm. Sleeping. Remember, they come to him, and they're like irritated. Do you not even care, Jesus? Wake up. We're about to die. You can just see him getting up like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Don't wake me up. <laughs> he, was sleep he could sleep because he trusted his father, right? There's something humble about sleep that says, I, literally, I can't hold the world together. And just, just try to, like, you're like, oh, I'll pull an all-nighter. Try that two or three nights in, the in a row. Like, you're gonna be, I'll come see you in the ER. You have to sleep. You have to rest. And again, it's hard to communicate with your creator and to, to hear God speaking to you if you're all frazzled and stressed out and wigging out, right? Martin Lloyd-Jones, he was a famous uh, British pastor, 
That was really bad. <laughs> he said, what we should be clear about is that the condition of our bodies makes a, by the way, this is a really good quote. I'll, I'll give it to you later, like if you want to take a picture of it. This is a really good quote. So listen. <laughs> what we should be clear about is that the condition of our bodies makes a difference in the capacity of our minds to think clearly and of our souls to see the beauty of hope-giving truth. In this, speaking generally, you can put tiredness, overstrain, illness, any form of illness. You cannot isolate the spiritual from the physical, for we are body, mind, and spirit. The greatest and the best Christians, when they are physically weak, are more prone to an attack of spiritual depression than at any other time. And there are great illustrations of this in the scriptures. Think about it for a second. Isn't that true? Like, let's not uh, like speak to the college students for a second. If you're not in college, you can remember this. Um, when you were in school, why is it that like after finals, when you should be rejoicing, you may be like, I'm just kind of depressed right now. <laughs> because you're exhausted, right? Or in the middle of finals. Why is it that you can go on a retreat or a camp, which you should come to fall retreat, by the way, but you go on a retreat or a camp, and you're like, spiritually hot, man. We're going, to, we're going to Iraq to take the gospel. They can kill me. I don't care, right? You're super excited. And then you come back, and like two days later, you're like, why am I living in sin? Why am I so gross and terrible? <laughs> like, and like, why, am I, why do I feel distance from God? It could be because you're exhausted. <laughs> you know who John Piper is? He's a preacher, writer, really sharp guy. Um, in his book, uh, When I Don't Desire God, he says, for, he's, he's, gosh, he's 70-something now. He's, he's retired. But he says, for me, adequate sleep is not just a matter of staying healthy. It's a matter of st staying in the ministry. I'm tempted to say it's a matter of persevering as a Christian. <laughs> I know it is irrational that my future should look so bleak when I get only four or five hours of sleep several nights in a row. But rational or irrational, that is a fact. And I must live within the limits of facts. What should you do when you feel like God is silent? Like in all seriousness, maybe you should take a nap. <laughs> I'm not, like, as silly as it seems, I, I kind of want you to lean into this. Like, maybe, I, I know in my own life, like, I, I've tried the past few weeks, instead of getting, like, five and a half, six, to try, like, six and a half, seven hours. And I just feel, I felt not, like, cocky, but a little more closer to God right now. Like, a little, little, like, today, the past today's had a lot to do, but I've been a little stressed, but not as stressed as I was when I was getting, like, five and a half, five and a half hours hasn't changed my stuttering and mumbling. <laughs> Sleep is a godly biblical thing. I don't know where we created, and I'm like, like I'm part of the problem. I don't know where we created in, in the Christian culture that the less you sleep, the more spiritual you are. That's not true. It's just not true. You need rest. And it makes sense that we're so tired all the time because think, like, I don't have my phone up here, but I don't need it. We're always we're always on our devices, right? Or we're, we're always doing the next thing. Or got to keep up with the ESPN stats. Like, I'm guilty of that. Um, or I'm going to, like, I always, I always laugh. I don't know if you guys do this, but it takes me a while to wind down on Tuesday nights. And I'll go, oh, my God, oh, I'm so tired. 
I'm just going to get on my phone just for a second. And like an hour later, I'm like, go to bed. <laughs> Put it down. I want to connect the thought of rest so that I'm kind of trying to lead to this next point. Because of all the business and that we don't get sleep, again, we don't get sleep because we're so busy. But I think because we're so busy, we have to be intentional about this third point. Are you with me? Here's the third thing. Create space for relationship. And I, I mean like with your, your peeps, but I really mean what I'm really talking about, what I want to lean into, is create space for relationship with God. Here's maybe another way to say that. Meaning, this is true of human relationships, and it's absolutely true of your relationship with God. Meaningful conversations require moments of quiet. If my only conversations with my wife are just like, all right, getting ready for work, see you later. And then a quick phone call while I'm driving. And then after work, like, all right, let's get the kids ready for bed. I got to do some work. We'll see you later. It'll take about three days before I'm like, I just feel so distant from you, right? Meaningful conversations and really deep relationships require carved out intentional moments of quiet and time together, Right? That's why I'm not like saying you, you should do this, but that's why if you want to get to know somebody like in a, hey, I want to get to know you kind of way and not just be friends, um, at some point, while I, I do encourage group dating, for sure, at some point, it makes sense. When I say group dating, I mean going out with a group, sorry. Okay, that's getting weird around here at Southcrest. No. <laughs> Man, I think more people thought that than I realized. <laughs> um, sorry. While we encourage like, going out with lots of friends, that still sounds weird. You know what I mean. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> At some point, you got to go like, just with the one other, like the person you're trying to get to know so you can actually have meaningful conversation. You with me? By the way, Zach and Becca are married. That's crazy. Okay. Give me a hand. Yeah, maybe also another way you could say it is like, you have to find a healthy rhythm of t intentional time together, right? You know that with your friends. Think about some of you that are freshmen. Um, you, like maybe your relationship with your high school buddies has already changed. It's because you're, you're not in a regular rhythm of time with them, right? And by the way, that's okay. But that's just the reality of it. Um, with, if, if you do have a boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, like if there's not a regular rhythm of time with them, you're, you're going to get out of sync. Jesus, if you read through the Gospels, had a, I love it, my buddy Garrett is coming for a retreat. He's doing his dissertation kind of on some things around this idea, uh, looking at the rhythm that Jesus had of getting away to be with his father. Like he was doing important things. Like, I don't know, preaching the gospel, casting demons out, healing people. It's a pretty important activity, right? Like he's not, that's not being on your phone, right? That's pretty spiritual, pretty awesome stuff. And he would take a break from that to carve out relationship to go and be with his father. If Jesus needed to carve out time to be with his heavenly father, I think we do too, <laughs> right? Just maybe. Like, I think Jesus was a little better than we are. I'm kidding. It's not even comparable, right? Okay. If he needed to, we need to. I, I've said this several times, but in the Psalms, you, if you read them over and over, there's this theme of, of carving out to be with God. And God, I, I long for you like a deer pants for the water. I, I want to be with you. Um, James 4.8, it's in the list of like several things he's talking about in the Christian life. But in James 4.8, he says, draw near to God. One, like in your actions and right living, but even in relationship, draw near to God. Do you know what, the, what it says and what will happen? And thank you, Bethany. And he will draw near to you. When you draw near to him 
in a relationship, like, you sense him draw near to you. I think it's a similar idea of like in the prodigal son of as soon as the son went running to his dad, the dad's like, I'm coming after you, boy, right? Draw near to God, and he would draw near to you. Oh, where'd he go? I, I think another way you could say, or like evidence from Scripture that's really important. Do you remember in 1 Kings 19 when Elijah was up on the mountain and God was going to speak to him? I don't remember the exact order, but the wind came, God didn't speak. The earthquake came, which like if an earthquake happened right now, I think we'd be like, God is speaking to us, or we'd all be freaked out, right? <laughs> the wind, earthquake, and fire, fire. <laughs> and God was in none of that. What did God speak in? The whisper, right? And I, I, you, I don't want to take that too far, but I think that is like a little bit of a picture of how God speaks. So if I'm always busy and on my phone and doing stuff and like hanging out and doing this, and I'm never quiet, it makes sense. I can't hear God whisper, right? There's something fun. And if you haven't experienced this, you will eventually. Don't lose heart. <laughs> Unfulfilled desires. We'll get there. <laughs> Two weeks ago. There's something fun. Like Lauren, after uh, our buddy Rusty got married two weeks ago, and we got to go to uh, somebody giving us a gift card to Lost Breezes. You know where that is? Like super nice steakhouse in Lubbock. And we went there, and there's a candlelight dinner. And I don't normally do this, but like we normally we sit across from each other because we're not like super touchy-feely. But like I pulled my chair over by hers because she asked me to. Oh, yeah. And there's something cool about like being able to lean in and have an intimate conversation, right? And kind of drown out all the other noise. Have your little candlelight right there and be able to really listen and not like halfway listening. But that takes carving out that space for that. Most, like this is a statistical fact, most marriages that fail from the inside out, which like a lot of you could attest to this based on what's going on with your parents probably, fail because, and it really it involves both people, they quit investing in each other. Like too many of you could probably give testimony that you saw that. They quit spending time together. They quit like looking each other in the eye and, and talking about life. And so then they went and found fulfillment somewhere else because they grew distant. If you want to hear God's voice clearly and not feel like you're growing distance, distant, you have to carve out intentional time to be with him. And I don't have time to like, it's a whole other sermon to talk about what that looks like. But I would love, and so many of our staff and even like folks that come here that maybe aren't on staff, would love to talk with you about what that looks like to, to intentionally carve out time. And, and I would say intentionally and consistently. If I like once a month sit down to really talk with Lauren, we're not gonna have a healthy relationship, right? Not at all. It's gotta be regular and consistent. So I, I mentioned this earlier. <laughs> He's always speaking through his word. So here's the cool thing. If you're like, man, I just feel like God is distant. I don't feel like he's speaking to me. You can change that immediately. Just start reading the Bible. And, I, and I'll tell you, if you just like do a, uh, I've kind of used the illustration before. If, if God's word is a fire, just for the picture here, me metaphor. If that's the fire and I walk by a fire and I get over here, I'm like, Man, that fire's lame. It didn't help. I didn't warm up at all. Things terrible. You're gonna be like, "What is wrong with you?" Right? Or you'd be like, "Typical Brandon." <laughs> if I want, 
if I want to get warmth from it, I have to come and sit, right? Like, it's going to take some time. You can't just, like, real quick, all right, God, let me read that verse. I'll be humble. I got you, Lord. See you. <laughs> what is that? It's funny because that's what we do, right? And, again, I'm killing, like, I keep saying this, but I think it's just too, too easy of a picture. If you treated your, your best friend, your boyfriend, girlfriend like that, would you be surprised if they were like, what is wrong with you? Or would you be surprised if you felt distant? No. You wouldn't expect to have a deep relationship if every day it was just like, see ya, peace. <laughs> what is that? Why do we do that with God? <laughs> this word is living and active and sharper than a double-edged sword, is what Hebrews said, says. <laughs> but you gotta read it and you gotta dig in it. <laughs> Let it, like, soak in. And I, I mean this. I, I'm going to move on because I got to. I would love, when you're done with your connect group, to, like, gather up a group if anybody wants to talk about, okay, how do I practically do that day in, day out? Man, I would be all over talking about that conversation. You've got to carve out time for relationship. Sorry. Yes, one more. <laughs> I think even if you do all those, repent of sin, confess sin, uh, carve out time for rest, carve out time for relationship. This one is still probably going to be a necessity. Here's the fourth thing. You have to choose to trust. Choose to trust. I love what a man, um, he writes articles for uh, the Gospel Coalition, John Bloom. He says, God's, listen to this, God's silence is how it feels, but not how it is. <laughs> so it may feel like God is silent, but that's not Realistic. One, but you have his word, and he is always speaking and working. I think in moments where we feel like God is silent, we have to choose to trust what God told us in Romans. Let me get there. Chapter 8. You probably know this verse. Starting in 27. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So let's time out there for a second. Even when you feel like God is silent, and because he's silent, or because you think he's silent, and you don't know what to pray, the Spirit prays for you. That's pretty stinking awesome. Holy Spirit's like, I got your back, bro. Don't worry, okay? That's so cool. And then verse 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. What the world? So even when it feels like God is silent, he's still working what feels like silence to me for my good. How is that possible? I think one thing is because desert, being in the desert, feeling alone like God is silent, often creates desire. <laughs> That's why the psalmist says, God, I need you. I'm longing for you like a deer pants for water. God, please speak to me. Is that a good thing when your heart gets in that place? Yes. And sometimes the thing that takes your heart to get to that place is feeling like God isn't speaking. <laughs> I love uh, to think about the fact that there's hundreds of years between the last Old Testament book and when Jesus came. Think about the people of God. Quite, it'd be kind of understandable to feel like God is silent, like he had forgotten them. But then... <laughs> God spoke in a clearer way than he ever had before because he sent the word in flesh. 
He's like, I don't, I don't, for some reason you guys are struggling to get this. How about I just put on some flesh and blood and I'll come like literally just hang out with you guys. <laughs> Man, God's always working. He's always speaking. I have to choose to trust that. That even when I can't see it, I can trust that you've worked in my life and, and you're going to work again. I think it makes me <clears throat> consider this time of year, which, by the way, hadn't the weather been stinking awesome? <laughs> but each with each season towards, especially, of course, in Lubbock, I feel like we have kind of like you got hot season and colder season. <laughs> it feels more like two. But regardless, which I like it. Don't you, I'm assuming you're like me, that towards the end of summer, I'm just like, bro, is it ever going to cool down? You know what I'm talking about? That's why these past few days have been like, praise God, there's hope. <laughs> but I can, I, I, I long for the seasons. To, of course, in the winter, I'm like, especially growing up in Florida, in the winter here, I'm like, towards the end of it, I'm like, is it ever going to get warm again? And you can get kind of like frustrated waiting for it to, in this season to cool down. Is it eventually going to cool down? Yes, for sure. It doesn't do me any good to flip out and be like, it's just so hot. It's never going to change. No, like, it, it's coming. And just because I can't see it, like we don't have all the beautiful leaves changing. Well, we do have some, but not like, like in Tennessee or something. Um, but just because I can't see all that doesn't mean that the process of fall coming isn't happening. Just because I can't feel and sense and see God working in my life or speaking to me right in a way that I can feel it, doesn't mean it's not coming. <laughs> so choose to trust, and especially trust the promises of his word. You know, you can't feel it, it's not all like ooey-gooey emotional in your heart. Choose to stand on his word. <laughs> One final thought. I think... What's so frustrating about when it feels like God is silent is it feels like he doesn't care, <laughs> right? That's why, and again, she absolutely does care, but that's why when I'm talking to Lauren, and if she's not making eye contact and talking to me and verbally processing like I am, I'm like, I get a little frustrated because I'm like, do you care? And we've grown past that, and I know she does. <laughs> but when someone's not responding to you, it feels like they don't even care. I find a lot of encouragement that the people of God sometimes felt that way <laughs> in Scripture. You're probably a little familiar with part of this verse, but may not know the beginning. Isaiah 40, remember Jacob, Israel, that's the people of God. God says to them, why do you say, O Jacob, and speak I'm in uh, Isaiah 4. Actually, let me back up. I'm in Isaiah 40, 25. God says, To whom then will you compare me? That I should be like him, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. He's talking about the stars. Who, he who brings out their host by number, calling them all by name, by the greatness of his might, and because he is strong in power, not one is missing. So he says, God, he brings the stars. He's like speaking like in picturesque terms here. And he says, God, which he really does, control the stars, and he knows them by name. How, that's pretty stinking awesome, right? Like you think it's hard to remember people's names in this room. God's like, I got the stars, don't worry. <laughs> Not one is missing because of him. 
So thinking about who God is, when I, when I use the words Israel and Jacob, we're not changing the word of God here, but because these were the people of God, and if you're a Christian, you're the peoples of God. I want you, when I say Jacob and Israel, I want, to, I want you to insert your name there, here. Why do you say, oh, Jessica? <laughs> Why do you speak, oh, Trevin? <laughs> my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God. Have you ever felt that way? If you missed it, <laughs> my way is hidden from the Lord and my right is disregarded by my God. God, you don't even see me. You don't even, the, the struggling path that I'm on, the way that I'm on, you've just disregarded. You don't even give a rip about me. God, where are you at? Do you, are you even going to speak to me ever again? Here's God's response. <laughs> Have you not known? <laughs> Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God the creator of the ends of the earth. He doesn't faint or grow weary. Oh gosh, I'm tired. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths, college students, and young adults shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. <laughs> God does see where you're at. And he does care. And he will speak. Because God is not silent. <laughs> but God often speaks in the silence. <laughs> so embrace the silence. Choose to trust and choose to wait. And you will find strength in the fact that your heavenly father does see you. He does care and he will speak. Choose to trust. Learn to embrace the silence. Thanks for listening to The Journey Podcast. You can learn more about The Journey by checking us out on Instagram or Facebook. Just search for at the journey LBK.